If you're tired of bad news, if you need some positivity, if you want to support small businesses, then welcome to Happy Grateful Blessed with Kaysville's own mayor, Tammy Tran. Here, you'll get to see the best of humanity from within Utah's hidden gem, Kaysville City. Every month, you'll discover small businesses, hear unique and incredible stories, and understand the difference you make in this wonderful city. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss a chance to find a new business to support and learn what makes a city like this one work as well as it does. So join us as we explore Happy Grateful Blessed with Tammy Tran. Hello, everybody. I'm here today with Kelsey Berg. Thank you for being here, Kelsey. You are awesome. Honored to be here, Mayor. I've been chasing you for a while, so thank you. I'm glad <laughs> it can finally work. <laughs> I really wanted to talk to you, Kelsey, for a couple of reasons. First of all, everybody loves you. Very and kind. second of all, if that even makes sense, um, you have been so awesome. Just taking me in, making me feel comfortable, welcoming me to events. I really appreciate it. I know I'm eons older than you. But really, just being a, a new, a newly elected mayor, it's just been so nice to be able to see friendly faces. Thank you. So, I think you're amazing. And age so is just you. a number. Um, age is a number. It's right. Just a number. But experience counts, and that's what's so amazing to me. I was talking to my husband, saying, "I'm listening to people who are very young. Tell me about policy, and help me be strategic, and help me craft a message. And it's awesome because you are so accomplished." Well, thank you. And you're exactly the right person to do that. So, Kelsey, a lot of people know a lot of things about you. We know who your public persona is and all the things you've accomplished. So I kind of wanted to just talk about you as a person a little bit. Okay. Is that okay? Sure. All right. So you were telling me that you went on a mission. You did. Yep. I served in Houston, Texas. Okay. South Mission. Awesome. Uh, Spanish speaking. Spanish speaking. So. Which means you're fluent. Not fluent, not <laughs> remotely. <laughs> Did you even really have to use Spanish that much? Yeah, so we taught on Spanish, um, but obviously like different dialects of Spanish, right? right? I mean, you had everyone. I mean, it's a totally different whether you're speaking to, you know, Puerto Ricans or Cubans or Guatemalans or Mexicans. I mean, so Argentinians, different. right? The whole whole gambit. It's a whole Whole different whole, world, depending on where, where folks come from. So. And you were in Texas. I was in Houston, yeah. Okay, in Houston. All right. So you did have everybody there, didn't you? We had everyone. Yeah. It was it was pretty cool. It was an experience. Not one I had planned on, but one Did you I, take Spanish in high school? I did not. Uh, and the funny thing is, when I turned my papers in, um, I did not want to go south of the border and didn't want to go Spanish speaking. Really? But I went to Houston, Texas and went Spanish speaking. <laughs> that's the so, thing. Never say never and never say it out loud, right? Exactly. That's, Yeah. So it was, a, an, like I said, an unplanned experience in my life, uh, but one I knew I was supposed to do, and so I'm grateful I did it. And Good for you for doing that. Glad it was over and done with. Over but. and done with. Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to Wasatch High School. Oh, okay. Up in Wasatch County. All so. right. Awesome. And you born and raised there, Yeah, right? yep. Center, seventh generation up in oh. Wasatch County, if we want to get technical. Okay. So. so you guys have a lot of land and... We have about seven acres. That's I'd say awesome. We're weekend, well, my parents have seven, seven acres. Uh, I say we're re weekend farmers. Uh, my dad's a family doctor up there in town. Okay. Um, and so we just have... We probably farm about six of it. Um, Farming crops? Just, just or... alfalfa. Oh, okay. Yeah, yep. Typically, one uh, dad said he wanted to raise kids, so we grew up changing the water uh, every morning and evening, moving hand lines. Um, and then we have, we've had horses my whole life, so 
part of that is just to also. I do like your Instagram stories and your horse stories. Are you, so how many kids in your family? Uh, There's four. There's four. Okay. And where do you fit? You're the oldest. Mm -hmm. All right. So they still have kids in school or? No, they're empty nesters. My uh, youngest, so there's three girls, then a boy. My younger brother just graduated from Utah State. Oh, okay. And so we're pretty much all out. I got two nephews and. That's great. Yeah. And you're just living the dream. How did you get involved in politics? I mean, especially growing up in, not not especially growing up in Wasatch <laughs> County, <laughs> but but growing up there, how did you get involved? Back then, it was more obviously much more of a smaller town uh, and valley than it is now. So my parents have both been fairly active. Mom was really involved in PTA. Okay. Um, Dad, just having grown up in the valley and kind of being a respected member, was you know asked to sit on boards and committees um, as much as obviously being a, a doctor allowed. And so I just, um, I was a nerd in high school. Like, so your junior year of high school, right? You have to go to a government cl- uh, government um, meeting. And we were talking about having a new high school back then. And I always figured I'd grow up and raise my family in the valley of my, my forefathers. And so right. I took more of an interest. And so I went to every school board meeting the last year and a half of high school. Really? Yeah, total nerd. They made me a student, uh, a student. student school board member, honorary student school board member, which meant nothing just That's when I was cute. a nerd that went to the school board meetings. Um, and then when I went to BYU, my first semester, uh, I was pre-nursing as my oh, major. Okay. But I realized I wasn't smart enough to get into the BYU nursing program. <laughs> and I did not have the patience to do all the CNA stuff beforehand. Uh, I wanted to go do like emergency room and like the, you know, adrenaline stuff. Um, and so I had a mentor who said, just pick something you're interested in for your undergrad, just what makes you want to go to class. And at the Good time, events. so that was 2008, um, winter, of t- the beginning of 2008. And so that was, you know, Mitt Romney's first presidential run. And so that was just kind of the excitement. And that's honestly what made me pick political science, not having any clue of where it would lead or where it would go. And I didn't have any no connections. connections. Um, my grandma uh, ran for Wasatch County treasurer when I was a kid. Okay. Um, but I was like itty bitty, but that's the only person in my family who's ever really run really for office. So, so you were at BYU, political science. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved with Senator Romney? So um, when I was at, at BYU my sophomore year, uh, at the time, Speaker Lockhart's daughter was my roommate. Okay. And so she got me into doing an internship at the legislature, helped me figure Fantastic. out how that process works. So I'd met uh, Jason Chavitz through that. And when I graduated BYU, I went and worked for Congressman Chavitz for a couple years. And then uh, when he quit in 2017, he's the one who pitched my name to the Romney camp in oh, 2018 okay. to then uh, be Mitt's political director. Um, and then that's a that's a big leap. Don't you? I mean, it sounds like a big leap because really there's such a learning curve. So you just sort of jumped right in. Yeah. Learned as much as you could. Yeah. I interned at the legislature for a lobbyist. Um, and yeah, I worked for Jason for a number of years, was the staff lead on his chairmanship presentation um, to become oversight chair, obviously did his energy and natural resource issues, um, and then ran his campaign in 2016. Um, That's really impressive. I was reading that about you. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's kind of one of those things where it's amazing in politics. You kind of, I don't want to say necessarily like have it or you don't, but it's mm-hmm. as, and There's I'm a sure knack, you've right? seen you this have too, to have right? for it. Yeah. And just kind of understanding what's a big deal and what's mm-hmm. not and the strategy and kind of how that comes into play. It's not as um, innate or as common as you would think it is. It's um, true. I, I've seen that. And yeah. So it's interesting. People are super smart. They just could never, just never, never get it, yeah, it, right? It's just not understanding how people, um, I mean, it's a lot of, of you know, public relations and marketing. Um, I took a class at BYU, which because the whole thing is, right, if you're doing ads, it's trying to get people to react a certain way. Mm-hmm. And that's literally just what 
campaigns and policy is, right? right? It's okay, how do you get people to understand? Because every side tries to spin the negative about what what it is um, or what a policy or what the potential outcome could be. And That's so true. it's just how do you message something to... To, to really right speak to them across. and to get the audience that you want yeah. to respond in the way that you want them to. Especially in politics, how do you get people to vote? That's the ultimate question, right? How right. do you get your turnout? Um, and that's something you've done super well because in, in municipal races... It is. It's hard. It's like, how do you get people to focus right. how and do you get care them to care enough? It's true, to care enough. <laughs> yeah, especially in a primary when it's the first right. week of August. Well, typically it's the first week of August, right? Like you've got all these other issues that people are doing and we make it try to make it so easy for people to vote right. where sometimes it's like, okay, is getting a ballot in the mail actually easier than having to show up to a, a polling location, right? To get someone to actually take the ballot, open it, stick it back in it the out. mail. Yeah, right? And I mean, we don't mail things as much these it's days. True. We know. So it's, we're out of habit. Do people know how to stick it in their mailbox and put the little <laughs> flag thing up? Do they know <laughs> where true. the post office is, right? <laughs> you know, it's so true. And especially at the municipal level, it's hard too because if you come on too strong, then people think, oh my gosh, that is so off-putting. That is so obnoxious. If you don't come on strong at all, they think you don't care. Um, if you try too hard or don't try too hard, I mean, it's just a whole, it's a mental thing. Yeah. And it's an emotional response that, that your actions, no matter what, create in, in, in people. Yeah, and it's and that it's just, right level of messaging too, right? right? It's And it's hard because everyone says, okay, we want to know the truth, but no one wants to know that that Social Security is actually going to go bankrupt. No one one likes to have a politician tells them that, right? And then no one says, okay, here's what you actually have to do to change it. And it's hard because, right? And that's obviously on a much bigger scale, but it's the same thing on a local level, right? I mean, obviously we, you know, face, face growth in this state. And so you have the constant messaging of growth is inevitable. It's going to happen. We have to, you know either I do it smartly or, you know, there's the pro-growth, there's anti-growth, and that's what kind of camps you get put into. And so you can come yeah. out and run as an anti-growth, but you can't actually stop anything, right? 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 That's so, the thing, and so you, it's, can't. How, you can't. How are you, you know, straightforward and honest with voters that claim they want that, but yet not enough where they're like, wait, I don't actually want you to tell me the truth. <laughs> right, and, and that, that is so true because you flat out say, look, there's nothing I can do about your Second Amendment rights yep. as a local municipal mayor. I can't do anything well, then why would I vote for you? <laughs> you know, they want to hear that you care about it because I think it kind of speaks to what you might think about other things. But it's true. People don't really necessarily want to be told this is going to absolutely happen. They just want to be told that you can fix it. Yeah. Even though you can't fix it. And that is hard because we don't want to be dishonest with people. No. At the same time, well, but and how do we you need get, their support. You, you need their support. And how do you get them to care about issues that actually matter, right? right? Like... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny, everyone can tell you who the president is, but what the president does doesn't actually affect their daily life in most cases, right? Obviously, True. you know, there are times where Congress actually does pass laws and it does happen, right? But but the founders, that wasn't intended, right? right. It's always the government that's closest, and it's that's true. where it comes into play. And so how many people can tell you who their city council member is, right? And again, it's you have the they... lowest turnout for the municipal races, right. even though that's that where people should turn out because that's that's their taxes. Right. That's, you know, literally parks, everything they their do. Their, yep, their, their roads, mm-hmm. the, their daily life is affected by who their city council is. It's true. And that's who they should care more about. And again, how do you get people to do that? They just, it's super hard. It is super hard. And I'm trying to think when I was younger and I had little kids at home, and we were starting our business, I didn't pay as much attention. I remember being in political science classes at BYU thinking, oh, I can't believe these people that don't vote. What is wrong with them? And and just really being frustrated and mad that people wouldn't get involved. And then you get busy in your life yeah. and you might miss an election 
and you might really care, but you still might miss it. So yeah, well, it's hard to get people out. Yeah. I mean, like we were talking about kind of, you know, with vote by mail or voting in person, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if you're on vacation, right? right? Like if you're, how does that, you how know, there's, there's no good time to, to do it, to have elections or to have campaigns, right? I mean, that's kind of, it's just, it's hard. And I think people talk about all the time of having the responsibility of a democracy, right? right. Or a constitutional republic, if you mm-hmm. want to get technical. And it really is important on an educated demo- or an educated citizenry, right. right? And so that's, it's funny when people complain, it's like, well, you're not the one who pays attention either, right? <laughs> exactly, like, right. Do something about it or, yeah. or and, don't complain. I mean. And before I got like overly involved, I thought like, oh, of course, like it's super hard to get to know my members of Congress or even my elected, mm-hmm. like local elected, right? But it's so easy, especially now on social media, to it's know true. where they have events, to be able to access them. I mean. You're like at everything. And so there's no excuse for someone in Kaysville to not know who you are specifically, right? As our mayor to be able to fix things. Right. But that's where it's like it takes like show up and get to know people. I mean, you see people at events. You see people. It's just the same way you build relationships in anything else. Well, here's a question for you then. Because so when I first got involved um, in city council, I'd go to National League of Cities and we'd meet Senator Romney and Senator Lee and our representatives. And it was so intimidating because I didn't really know what to ask them. You know, and I didn't want to sound stupid and didn't want to embarrass myself or my city. And so I really wouldn't say anything, but I'd show up. So you've been on staff side. What are what are some good questions people can ask to really get to know their representatives? Now I get to, I know them really well, which is great. And they're so, so close to us now and they'll respond. But a couple of years ago, it was really scary. So how can people get in, engaged? Yeah, um, I think a lot of cases, I mean, staff is a good place to start, okay. right? Because that's kind of, I mean, that's just the way it has to be. They're just the gatekeepers, gatekeepers right. right? And so you can get to know the staff over your area. Every member has a staff-specific, um, like Senator Romney and Senator Lee both have northern Utah-specific people, right, mm-hmm. who cover those, who know the mayors, who know the city councils, who show up to those events, who show right. up to any event that you that members are invited to, right? I mean, that's the thing I would tell people all the time. It doesn't matter if you're a nonprofit, if you're a school, if you're a business doing a ribbon cutting. Like, if you invite the staff, like, they will show you up. D- you seriously everywhere, Kelsey. It, I don't know how you cover it. It's fantastic, <laughs> right? I mean, that's so one of the reasons I, lo- I love to my job is to get meet Utahns in every facet. We have such a cool, diverse state from every corner that has a rich history and you get to know people and why they want to live here. Um, and so that's the first one is just to get to know the staff, okay. right? And then they'll let you know when, when events are happening. And that's how the basic conversations can happen, right? Okay. Of If you have specific questions about, um, I mean, obviously the other part too is to know what role each each office is, right? Like it doesn't help if, I mean, we can help, like I'd say this, we am not currently with with Senator Romney anymore. I'm on the private side now, but you, um, even if like we couldn't help specifically with the issue, right? Mm -hmm. If it was a city or a county or state issue, we could help at least put them in touch with, with the right people. Um, and maybe staff feels a lot less, um, uh, a little intimidating. It's true. <laughs> yeah, intimidating right, than, it's true. than the member themselves, and that's when you can let them know when, when you know, when the members have big events, then the staff will help, help them, you know, invite. And again, whether it's your, you know, a le- locally elected official or just a regular uh, member of, of, um, you know, a resident of Utah. And I think the other part too is even is specifically just to be respectful, right? Like. I never had any issues with people <laughs> right. disagreeing with me. Don't call them being mean. Yeah, right, or disagreeing with <laughs> you, but at least understanding where people are coming from. And I think that's what we miss these days specifically, that's right, true. is, and the governor talks about how to disagree better, which I think is important because it's too. helping, it's not having a conversation if you disagree with someone and not immediately going to, well, what am I going to say to refute that, mm-hmm. right? It truly is asking questions first to understand. Again, I might still disagree with someone, 
But at least if I understand where they're coming from, it's, it's true. like, oh, okay, you're, this in your history makes, makes it so that's your position, mm-hmm. right? And so how do we get to the, to a, a common solution or at least walk away understanding better? That's true. And I think not making things personal. Mm-hmm. When someone sends us an email, uh, us meaning city council, sure. and it's, we hate you, you're a bunch of idiots. You know, you kind of lose your audience at that point. Yeah. Save that to the last line or something, you know, but start off with something that's approachable and friendly and inviting for a conversation because it's yeah. true. One thing that I've really admired about our congressional delegation is that they're so approachable. Mm-hmm. And the more I get to know people, the more I realize we are just all people. Everybody is just a person behind the title or the job, and we're all alike. And so that's been really fun to, in terms of understanding that we don't have to be intimidated by by the process or by the position. And we can just ask good questions. Because I love it when people come up to me and say, you know, ask me about Caseville-specific. Because I love to tell them about it because I love Caseville and I'm passionate about it. And that's probably the same the same way it works for for some of our congressional delegation as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, they, they love they Utah. They love Utah. Yep. They want what's best, right? They're back there finding the same things. And I think to your point, too, of, of giving people a little bit of leeway and grace and not always assuming the worst case, right, True. or the worst intentions, right. <laughs> because we don't want that when it comes to us, right? And so the same thing, if there's, you know, decisions made on the, you know, in Kaysville that people disagree with, not just assuming y'all are bought out by developers <laughs> exactly, or whatever the right. worst case scenario is, <laughs> they come in and say, help me understand why this is. Some of mm-hmm. it could have been the previous city council, right, made decisions. That, exactly. Again, and, and now as I've joined the private side and have kind of learned some of these things that I didn't know about, right, on, on how local government works and and um, ordinances and some of those things. It's it's amazing. I mean, the pro- or, um, projects are kind of slow moving, right, mm-hmm. and people Very forget that, moving, right? right? And so it's like, okay, these decisions could have been made a couple of years ago, and now it's just coming to fruition. It's not anything that it you could have done. It a long time. And we talk about property rights and everything mm-hmm. else, right? And so it's hard to, and I think that's just a little bit more of if people come in not so hot, there's, you know, some understanding and education that can happen. And then, true. you know, people are, are better off. And, and so I think a lot of cases too, we view things so much bigger. We want to make big impacts, but making the world a little bit better place with our, you know, neighbors and our communities a better place to start. Sure, that's opinion. where it starts. Now that you're on the private side, what has been the most interesting thing that you've learned as far as the differences oh my gosh um i don't know if it's interesting um (laughs) or just mind-blowing or yeah well i was telling um i tell people all the time that politics is easy right because typically right when you have an issue you can tell whether it's you know whether someone's comes at it with a conservative viewpoint or a liberal viewpoint kind of like where they're at right like i like to know the answers to questions before i kind of go in and (laughs) ask them right right right. and now it's it's different working with um each city is super unique right and working with city councils it's not that the paradigm's totally different right which you view and and uh and what projects work what people want and and it's kind of reignited i guess my view i mean you talk about federalism you know, a state's rights and everything else. But mm-hmm. it's also like the ability to kind of live where you want. Not everywhere has to be the same. That's true. Right? That's what and that's makes one of the things great. that's that's kind of cool in the state too. And and I've, I guess going to a little appreciate, even though sometimes it's frustrating. But on the flip side, it's like, I don't want every city to be the same across the state, right? The cities right. are unique for what, for their history, right? And what started them. And I love that we're so close to that. Um, and Utah have such a tie to that. But also it's what keeps them there. And so one of the things I love about um, the organization I currently work for is wanting to go in and, and make each community work. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's like so, so I work. So not change the communities, but just really 
create an opportunity to be more of what they are. Yeah, right? Like, so I work for the Larry H. Miller Company now, and we've, obviously, we own Daybreak, right? And Daybreak's an, an, a great, you know, location, and, and I think it's it's a very new thing to Utah, and then we own some property up in Hoytsville and in Summit County, too, and and we're not going to put a Daybreak, right? Okay. What works for South Jordan and works for Solid County is not what's going to work for kind of rural Summit County, <laughs> right? And so I'm kind of excited about the opportunity to go in and say, no, look, like, we as an organization want to come in and... and do what works for the area, for the, the you know, heritage and for the, the community and have it be what works for Hoytsville, okay. not, you know, take... N- not bring South Jordan to Hoytsville. Exactly, right? right? Not right. bring hey, Daybreak and have it be like, okay, we're just going to, you know, do a cookie cutter. Like, no, that's one, what I love about um, Larry H. Miller is they want to lift communities and solve problems and do what works for that so that that's still a place that people want to live 20, 30, 40 By years making the, the community road. so much better. And yeah. by adding so much value. So as you go to other communities, are you working with city council members? Mm-hmm. Are you going to their meetings? Are you creating relationships there? Yeah. Oh, good. And so nice good. building on ones that I already had, right? Yeah, and now it's just, you have so many, which is so nice. Now it's just going and understanding the city process, which I was a, very happy to not have to understand for <laughs> right. a decade. And now it's it's a whole new industry, whole new ballgame. It is it's a great. slow process. It's slow, but it's intentional mm-hmm. because there's a lot of due process. There's a lot of um, citizen and community involvement. Um, and, and so it's designed to be slow. And that was the hardest thing for me at first because I thought, okay, we've got this plan. Let's just do it. But now you have to have five public meetings and five public hearings and lots and lots of discussions because we want to know what people think. Yeah. And I think and so, there's a happy balance, right? And I think that's sometimes we get frustrated, but we legislate a lot to the extremes. Right. We do. Right? And so I think that's where... I mean, and I think best case scenario is is we, you know, avoid legislation, right? You just let people work it out. Mm -hmm. But in some cases, that's not always the case. And so you have to come to that. But that's, I mean, I'd love to love to work with people. And that's kind of, quite frankly, the um, legacy and and the foundation that, you know, Gail and Larry set from the very beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so I love, love that um, about the uh, Larry H. Miller family and and, uh, the community and and the company of trying to build and solve problems and, and work with people rather than um, right. against them and have it be a good thing to have, you know. Well, and what's interesting to me is, you know, even in, in Kaysville, so sometimes the attitude is th- it's the community against the developers and the residents against the developers, not realizing or taking into account that these developers are investing in your community and they're bringing things that we most likely want if we can work out all the little kinks and de- details. And then it, and it enhances and it creates more opportunities for our community to become better and to have generational housing and just commerce, you know, commercial um, opportunities. And so that's what's interesting to me is when residents come and say, how much are they paying you to approve that? Or, you know, are you lining your pockets with gold kind of thing? And that, that doesn't happen here. Probably nowhere in Utah. Well, it's like illegal. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's totally illegal. <laughs> but I mean, but the perception that the city's getting something out of it or city council members are getting something personally out of it, they're not. And so I think when people, when residents understand that, that they realize, okay, we've got this, this, this area that could be something wonderful. And it's also wonderful as, as a pastor too sometimes. Sure. So. Well, yeah. that's, I think it's a hard part and I've personally had the the journey with it right yes I mean, right because you live in a beautiful yeah beautiful like area seven I acres i mean joke that i liked wasatch county you know about 20 years ago better mm-hmm. right where we had about you know a third of the population we have now and and things change and 
And, you know, we've always had the phrase, like, we want our kids and grandkids to be able to live here, right? right. Which, I mean, it's great. And obviously, I love it. I mean, my, you know, family all lives in, and extended family all lives in, in Utah, too. But it kind of was a very privileged view before mm-hmm. we were discovered by the world. Before everyone else wanted to live here, too. That's true. Right? And so, I think there's the right way to, to do it and the right way to have it. And it's, um, and that's hopefully what we can find better ways to do. And so, that, I mean, we talk about you know, the avenues and, and Sugar House mm-hmm. and all those really cool old houses, right? Like right. Foothill Boulevard and Salt Lake and some of those places. And obviously all of our cities have these, you know, downtown areas, right? right? Or, you know, the older mm-hmm. the older parts. But now everyone loves them. That's where they want to live. You've got the big trees. You've got all that, exactly. right? And They're so, beautiful. Yeah. And so that's the idea, you know, and in Caseville too, it's like, okay, how do you have new communities that will be those in the gems future, still in right. the future, I, right? Absolutely. And I think that's... Um, and I love, I think that's a responsibility that, that, you know, we've taken on, um, as a Larry Miller company to mm-hmm. want to be able to, to, you know, have, um, neighborhoods like that. And I hope that's kind of where all, you know, home builders are and, and developers are in, in the state, right? To kind of have that so. be the forward vision. I mean, our, right. you know, we talk all the time and now we're July, right? We're a week away from, from Pioneer Day. I know, it's, I can't believe it. We want to preserve that heritage because yeah, that's what we're proud of. Yeah, and, and to have the same, you know, foresight that they had, mm-hmm. right? And the future planning to be able to say, we still want these communities to be as great and to be able to still walk through and say, you know, this is the house where I grew up in and it's still a gorgeous neighborhood and now the trees have all matured. And, and people are taking care of it. Yeah, and, and they still, still have that. I mean, you think like, sure. yeah, and, and I'm sure it's the same in Caseville, right? I mean, the sky, they're the, uh, you know, market values for some of these houses that are, Kelsey. you know, they're carports that are oh, one and two bedrooms, yes, but like so people are paying millions of dollars for those because of the neighborhoods, because of the history and the heritage and that feel. I was talking to a developer, gosh, last night, at Walgreens, just ran into him and said, so how much are your lots going to go for? They're 0.4 to 0.5 acres in Kaysville. And I said, can my kids, can my kids buy one? And he said, no, probably not. And I, he said, guess. And I said, oh, what are they like? 400,000? 650. Crazy. $650,000 for a half acre in Kaysville. No trees, no stream, no pond, no nothing, just ground. Yeah. It is incredible. So, yes, to your, to your point, it's just, it's amazing. It's it's great for Kaysville. It's great for Davis County. At the same time, we do talk about wanting to provide opportunities for our kids to live here. And, and it's a really hard thing. But like you said, growth can't be stopped. So all we can do is steer it and plan for it. And hopefully, I mean, you know, I don't talk about as water as much in my new role as I did before, right? But mm-hmm. I do think that um hopefully that's a um the people are smart in the way that that works too right we don't want right. to get further down the road and and have caused and be more problems right. or you know and that's where trying to find a happy meeting between the heritage and you know our farmers and ranchers and the fields that everyone right, loves and the right. way that, that works out you know and also provide for that um and we're in a unique situation in utah where we don't have the ability to expand out to every corner right i mean land is a limited resource Mm -hmm. uh, in the state where the federal government uh, owns so much right right water is a key component and how do you get smart and the legislature is trying to do that how do you innovate right and change that and we've got some partners along the colorado river right like california they don't seem to want to innovate that much and so i love the fact that utah's taking kind of that I do that too. On some of those, man, you can be talking on like policy stuff. Yeah, Utah's, <laughs> Utah's a great. Place. I'll talk all day. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about yourself, Kelsey. What do you do? What do you like to do? Uh, I'm outdoor. Love to ride horses. Um, I enjoy reading. 
Um, oh, I love your book, your book recommendations. You. They're awesome. I got uh, kind of got into that a couple years ago when I'd spent so much time on the road all across the state. It's between you and Adam Gardner's. Yeah. <laughs> right? And I watched both of you post. He, yeah, I don't know how he gets through so many too, and his are longer ones. I try to pick kind of like the eight-hour audibles. It's uh, always great. They're pretty good. But no, I enjoyed reading mixed between having one on audiobook and always... I love the feel of yeah, a actual book. yeah book in, in your hand to turn the pages and nothing better in my opinion. So no, I enjoyed uh, reading, but yeah, anything outdoors, um, hunting, That's great. fishing, hunting, fishing. Yeah, yeah, I gotta get back into like things. travel now. I traveled for work all the time to keep yeah, status. Now so I gotta now, travel for fun. Yeah, so. that's even better, right? Yeah. Do you have anything exciting planned for the summer? The next little bit. Family reunion down in Wayne County. Okay, that sounds so, great. You know, family reunions are the best. Yeah, we'll go to uh, Alaska in October. Okay, is it a fishing so, trip? Uh, hunting. Really? Yeah. What are you gonna hunt? We're gonna go to Kodiak Island and hunt blacktail deer. You're so. kidding. It's cra- it's a week of no service. It you live beautiful. on a boat really? and in, into the. Do they fly of the you island. in with a helicopter and drop you there? Uh, yeah. Is it one of those trips? Well, so yeah. Well, um, it's one of those where so we find a Kodiak and then we'll take um this time we'll take a plane to the boat and oh, then you okay. stay on the boat at night and then you dingy back and forth onto that onto sounds, the island so it sounds beautiful and awful it's pretty amazing i mean it's well, it's way better than like living in a tent i was gonna say it's better yeah. than a tent right so that's <laughs> cool. good being on I a boat would be, be one nice. of those because you could hear, hear about those folks go to alaska or canada and it's like yeah. it rains for like the whole trip and they're that's stuck out I've there heard, for and you're in the mud and, and basically they don't come back and unless yeah. you emergency call them yeah. but then your trip's over so exactly that so, sounds great yeah, that sounds so, like a lot of fun. That's more exciting good. than we've got going. Whatever. I don't think we have anything big coming up for the summer. Well, yeah, the summer's got, almost over. We've got grandbabies in a pool, and that's, I, yeah, every day's yeah. a fun trip for you. <laughs> it's true. She's really fun. So She's fun to play with. Kelsey, thank you. No, I thank you, Mayor. <laughs> I hope this was a uh, was good. We just tell, tell us a secret. Tell us something it. something um, that somebody doesn't that people don't know about you. About me? Yeah. Oh, well, then it wouldn't be a secret if well, I told okay, everyone. Not, not a secret, just something that maybe people don't know because people know you so well because you're oh, literally everywhere. Very kind. Maybe something that people don't know. Favorite color? Favorite food? Uh, my favorite color is blue, particularly royal blue. Go Cougs, oh, I love right? Royal Big blue. 12 okay, now. Right? Excited for football yes, season? Yes, Basketball season will be a little rough, but let's just <laughs> enjoy football my season. My husband loses his mind watching football. Yeah. Screaming at the television. Yeah. Well, we'll look around. I'm like, Lee, nobody cares. <laughs> he needs to, like, make sure and just, ex- you know, keep good expectations this year. Because yes. they're not going to be great, but we got to just enjoy every minute. Right. Um, I love musicals. That's kind of my guilty pleasure. Do you really? I do. Um, All kinds of musicals? Yeah, I mean, more of, like, the classics. Oh, okay. Right? Um, I didn't know that. And just things with good soundtracks. Awesome. So, My Fair Lady, Phantom of the Opera. I love Phantom. Just, yeah. Nothing better than that. And Le- Le Mis. Yeah, Le Mis is a great one. Um, Wicked, right? Yeah, so, Wicked is great. Any, any good. I can, you know, good. be cultured a yes, little bit. Yes, right. right? I mean, you can ride horses and yeah. horse and appreciate Yeah, I've got some, music yeah, in the arts. you know, uh, Phantom of the Opera mixed in with my George Strait and, mm. you know, Merle Haggard and some of those. <laughs> It's all happened. So well rounded. Well, you you have fun. In fact, Lee will scroll through Facebook or and he'll say, "Hey, Kelsey's at a concert. Hey, she's doing this. Why don't we do anything fun, Tammy?" And I'm like, "I don't know." Okay, well, we need to. If you like the good old, you know, '70s, '80s country music, oh, he loves country. We're good from there. He absolutely loves it. He loves like some good rock. We should go to some. Okay, so that would be fun. We'll do it. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks. 
To all my podcast listeners, thank you for listening. I really appreciate your feedback and your support. Please leave comments and please leave suggestions for future guests. And most importantly, subscribe. Thank you.